Hey everyone, welcome to the More to Movement podcast, the show about why your movement matters and how to get optimal results through science-backed practical solutions. Today is part three of my Mobilize and Move series, and if you've been joining me for the last few episodes, I am covering my PUMP process, and PUMP is an acronym that has five very distinct phases to enhance your mobility. Today, we're covering letter U. You don't want to miss it. Back right after this. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. What's up, movers? Thanks for tuning in to part three of the Mobilize and Move series. And as I stated previously, these next several episodes are dedicated to going through each phase of the pump process to enhance your mobility so that you've got a great grasp on the content and you can apply it appropriately to fit your needs. To quickly recap, so far, P, first letter P, stands for proper position. And I gave you three tangible takeaways to put the first phase into action. And I hope you all have jumped in and are ready for the next phase. Are you ready? U. U stands for undo hypertonic and shortened tissue. Now, this phase may seem like the easiest because everybody does a form of this. And as I mentioned in the introduction episode of the series, foam rolling and tissue release are the industry's big buzzwords. Still, if you're not doing it right or effectively, you may not be getting all the benefits from your efforts. Today, I will explain what we are doing and how the body responds and why it's essential to capitalize on that tissue response. I'll also talk about the different ways to address restricted tissue and the best times for each method. A lot of takeaways today. If you recall from my intro episode to the series, I talked about the common thoughts on what causes muscle stiffness and restriction. So when I say hypertonic, I mean overactive tissue. When tissue is overactive, it's typically shortened. Whether you want to go to the adhesion concept or the trigger point concept or both, the focus is that along with the issues of life, such as stress and inflammation and poor habitual position and age, all of those impede tissue response. And that restricts movement and that will cause discomfort. Our goal is to mitigate that restriction by creating an environment within the system that increases mobility and permits the tissue to respond. How do we accomplish that? Lying on a foam roller? Well, maybe if you go about it with the right intention and the proper methods. Tissue that is in a hypertonic state needs to be disrupted. What I mean by that is that we need to tell the body to notice and act on the hindrance within the tissue. We do that by tapping into the body's physiological systems to initiate that response. Y'all, I wish it was as simple as mentally focusing on an area and voila, it's taken care of. I wish I could just be mindful of this hypertonic area and it would fix it. It'd be nice, but that's not how the body responds. Remember, the tissue is in that state for a reason. And unless you have a chronic disease or injury, something you're doing or not doing tells the tissue to respond in that manner. Assuming that you're relatively healthy, you know what the major contributor is. Poor daily movement patterns. 
I'm like a broken record. I know. Now, if you're injured, of course, chat with your physician or your physical therapist before jumping into this stuff, because there's something bigger going on. I have to say it again. Remember tissue adapts to position. If your joints are stuck in a particular position for long periods of time, the tissue surrounding the joint will adapt to accommodate that position. Sitting, slumping, or lounging will wreak havoc on our joint positions and subsequently our muscle tissue. There are numerous ways to disrupt the state, but I'm going to focus on the ones that can be self-administered. These techniques are pressure-based and if done appropriately, they can achieve the tissue response we're after. But it's good to have an idea of what these techniques are doing so you know how and when to apply them. So let's go nerd mode for just a second. In short, we're trying to override the neuromuscular and sympathetic nervous systems that are causing tissue tension. We need to disrupt the signal. So when we apply external pressure to an area, it stimulates receptors located throughout the muscle, the fascia, as well as the connective tissues. So let me chat quickly about some of the major receptors in play here. The first are called Golgi tendon organs or GTOs. And these are proprioception receptors, and they're found in the myotendinous junctions. And what that means is where the muscle tissue and the tendons join. When they're stimulated, they create an inhibiting response. This means that it prevents the muscle from further contraction. If you can tap into these, you'll cause tonus decrease or a dampening of your muscle's continuous and passive partial contraction. The second one are called Piscinian corpuscles. And those are mechanoreceptors. They're found in myotendinous junctions. They're also found in skin and the joints of the body. They provide feedback for movement control and they respond specifically to rapid changes in pressure. So once the tissue is disrupted, signals start to fire. But if we apply continuous pressure, the frequency of those signals decrease and then soon they'll stop. This will allow the tissue to respond because we've been able to get all those receptors to kind of quiet down. The third is very similar called Ruffini endings, and they are mechanoreceptors, just like the Piscinian corpuscles, and they're found in the skin and joints, and they respond to sustained pressure. When these guys are stimulated, they inhibit sympathetic activity. Sympathetic activity is your fight or flight response, and it acts up when the body is under stress. When you activate them, you see that the response decreases which will decrease tension in the tissue. Finally, we have something called interstitial receptors. And these are the most abundant receptors found everywhere in the body. And when these guys are stimulated, the effect is something called vasodilation, meaning widening of the blood vessels. So better blood flow, better waste removal means improved fluid dynamics within the tissue. So lots of pieces to the puzzle here, but let's put them together and sum this up. By applying pressure, we lower sympathetic activity, we decrease muscle tone, we relax the tissue, and we improve fluid dynamics, which reduces the effects of stress. This combination is what sets us up for the best tissue responses. That's what all this is about. It's about creating the best environment within the tissue so that it responds and adapts. That's why knowing how to tap into this is so crucial. Think of it this way. You can drive a car in first gear, right? But you'll only be able to move so fast. You can press the gas all day. You're not going to go any faster. But 
you put the car in a higher gear and then the vehicle has more opportunity to accelerate. Now think of the body. If you do all the things to set your tissue up to respond, you'll get more out of your mobilization efforts. It goes back to being effective and efficient. Nice. Now we know what we're trying to do, but how do we accomplish it? That depends on your desired outcomes. And I usually break it down into two categories, the pre-training approach and the correct and recover approach. Keep in mind that all of these techniques can be used at any time to address tissue restriction, but some may be better than others before loading a pattern with your training. So some of these might actually be better pre-training versus other times of the day. Something to keep in mind. So the goal with all this is to address restricted tissue so that movement is easier and more functional. And typically what that means is addressing it consistently and working to correct positions. This is an ongoing process and should be integrated throughout the day with some dedicated time to really focus on some of the more significant limitations. That's the correct and recover approach. Typically, this means that the methods we use will be longer and more focused on a particular area. Usually, we're working on getting to deeper layers of tissue, and we're really trying to tap into those physiological responses I mentioned earlier. This sequence will be more targeted with a longer duration to reach deeper layers of that tissue. The flip side of this is when you are mobilizing before training. When you're getting ready to load tissue, you want that tissue to be responsive, and you want to have as much range of motion as possible to have that optimal movement pattern. But we don't want that tissue too relaxed. If we spend too much time applying pressure, we may work against ourselves. That's why camping out on a foam roller may not be as helpful pre-workout as you may have thought. I mentioned this before, but too much can cause further inflammation, it can damage tissue, it can disrupt neural input, which can take away from force production and motor unit recruitment, which is essential when you're getting ready to lift. When you're preparing to train, the modalities you want to use will have something in common, movement. And many times they mimic the positions you're trying to achieve. The focus is to optimize range of motion so you can apply pressure on those areas of restriction and then move the tissue to enhance range of motion. You take advantage of the benefits of the tissue response and then follow it up by moving the tissue into your desired position. Typically, these are a bit shorter in length because we don't want to cause too much tissue disruption, especially right before we load the tissue. So what tools do you need to accomplish this stuff? Honestly, you're limited by your creativity. The more traditional tools are typically foam rollers or lacrosse balls, um, trigger point canes, but honestly, you can use about anything. Keep in mind, the more dense and rigid a device, the deeper it will penetrate the layers of tissue. So consider your tissue state and your pain tolerance before jamming a barbell into your calf. For example, I like to use a slightly deflated basketball for beginners because it's less dense and it covers more surface area, which is typically not as intense for most people. Of course, I've been mobilizing for a long time, so there are times that I will jam a barbell into my calf or into my quad because I know what I'm doing and what I'm trying to target. So to each their own, right? Know your tolerance and know what you're trying to achieve. Here are three effective pressure mobilizations. All can be used at any time, so be aware of what you're doing and be deliberate with your methods as some will be better before training than others. Now, there are some really big names in the game that have given these methods really, really cool names. And honestly, they become household names. 
So terms like floss and smash are utilized as terms. So if you've never heard them before, don't worry, I'll explain them. But I just want to throw that out there that these terms are were coined by others, but it's kind of an accepted term now. So the first one, number one is trigger point pressure. And this is what most people do when they're trying to address restricted tissue. The goal here is to penetrate the deep layers of tissue. You accomplish this by applying pressure to an area and then allowing your body to relax and sink into that tool. So you want to hang out there for about 30 seconds to up to two minutes and slowly move your body or the tool you're using across the tissue and then repeat. The slower you go, the better. If it's a sensitive area, then you're probably in the right place. Now, if it's too intense, you can pulse the pressure, meaning you hang out there for about five to 10 seconds, you roll off of it or you lessen the pressure and then take a deep breath and then get right back on it. This is best for correction and recovery. So post-workout or a time you'll be addressing some very specific tissue restriction during the day. The second one is called contract relax. And this is an extension of number one, and it's based on proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, which is a stretching technique. So after you apply pressure with a ball or a roller, sink into it a bit, then contract the muscles surrounding the tool. Yeah, you heard that right. So you've got this thing wedged into your tissue, probably not real comfortable after you've relaxed and, and let it sink in, contract it, contract that tissue. It's not comfortable at all, but it's incredibly effective. So you're going to contract for about five to six seconds and then relax again and allow your body to drop into the tool even more. You'll notice a more substantial effect. What you're taking advantage of is something called autogenic inhibition. And all that means is that after a muscle contraction, there's a short time when the myotactic reflex or the reflex for the muscle to contract diminishes, which allows a golden opportunity to manipulate that tissue. This method is crazy useful and is a great one for correction and recovery as well. The third one is called smash and floss and smash refers to pressure and floss refers to movement. Now I could have called this one pressure and move, but let's just be real. This doesn't have the same, same ring to it, does it? So smash and floss sounds way cooler. So as I said, these names were coined by some of the big names in the game. So uh, I, I like the visual it re represents as well. So smash and floss it is. So simply you apply pressure to the tissue and then you move the body to achieve as much range of motion as possible. When you think of flossing your teeth, you move up and down and try to get in every angle to clean your gums. It's similar with this method. The goal is to enhance range of motion and tissue response by addressing the restriction and improving how the layers of tissue slide and interact with each other. For example, I can lie down on my stomach and put a foam roller under my upper thigh or my quad. So I'm lying down on the foam roller. Once I have an area I want to address, I can hang on on that spot for a while and flex my knee and bring my heel up towards my glutes. So when I feel an increase in tension, I can work it a bit by moving in different angles. This is an excellent technique before training because it'll improve our tissues capability for range of motion. All right, 
Those are three great strategies to get you started. I'll chat about some more advanced modalities in the future. I'll also talk about my favorite mobilizations in future episodes, but for now, this really lays the foundation for you guys. Now, let me leave you with six tips to be successful with this phase. Number one, know what muscles you're targeting. You don't have to be an expert in anatomy and physiology, but it does help to know the general muscles and tissues you're addressing. If you're specific, you can get more out of your efforts. For any professional out there, now I hold you to a little bit higher standard. You should know the muscles and tissues you are targeting with your clients. You want to be effective, so make sure you know what you're doing. If you turn it into a guessing game, then you either will be inefficient, which sucks, and they won't see as much improvement as they could, or the other end, they could injure themselves because you weren't addressing the right stuff. It's a challenge. I'm challenging y'all. Like I say, level up your professionalism. Take it to the next level. Number two, select the proper tool. Be thoughtful about your methods. Do you want to narrow in on a trigger point? Use a smaller object like a lacrosse ball. Do you want to hit more tissue? Use something wide like a foam roller. Number three, be deliberate with your techniques. Slower application will lead to better tissue responses. If you move too fast, you may miss out on the tissue effects that you're after. Be present in it, even though it's uncomfortable. Be mindful. Number four, choose your method with intention. What's your focus? Is it to prep for a heavy training day? Are you trying to correct poor posture? What you do will impact the tissue, so be aware of your choices and be specific with your target areas. If you find something that works for you, stick with it. Number five, be aware of your intensity and duration. This piggybacks off the last one, but remember, the longer and more intense you apply pressure, the more disruption and damage can occur. Remember, we want to mobilize, not disable. Going too long or too intensely can lead to soreness and bruising and can delay your training. Be strategic with your intensity on this. Number six, breathe and overcome the discomfort. It's very easy and it's normal to tense up and hold your breath when subjecting yourself to discomfort, but you work against yourself when you do that. Be mindful of what you're doing and do your best to breathe and overcome the temporary discomfort. Focus on the improved movement you will experience if you do it right. Here's the takeaway to get you going. Pick an area you want to address and try each of the techniques that I chatted about today. Trigger point pressure, contract relax, and smash and floss. And then rank them. Rank them one through three. Write down which ones seem to help the most and which ones you like the most. It'll be a lot easier to do these more often and do it more consistently if you buy into it, if you if you feel like you're getting something out of it and if you somewhat enjoy it. If you kind of like it, it may not be as bad as it could be, right? So two phases down now. We have the first phase, letter P, which is proper position. And then today we covered U, undo hypertonic and shortened tissue. I am loving this stuff. So next time, we are jumping into the third phase of the pump process. So don't get distracted and make sure you tune in. Now that was a hint, so kudos if you caught it, all right? If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you're the first to hear it as soon as it goes live. I'd really appreciate it. Again, I also appreciate you listening to the episode, spending some time with me today. And as always, if you have any questions, 
That's what I'm here for. Don't hesitate to reach out. I look forward to chat with you all soon. Take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.